Welcome to Working Matters. My name is Carl Edwards. Join us on the web at boldenterprises.com. Well, George, we're here for our final week discussing technology and change and whether it's going to help us or kill us. It's going to be uh, sad for me to go, Carl. I'm going to miss this. So I'll have to stick with my behind the scenes work. You'll have to uh, recommend a complicated upgrade soon. Hopefully our friend Claudia will be back very soon and I'll be able to just be very jealous of your conversations and I'll keep my mouth shut. (laughs) Not at all, not at all, because we are really helping people here. Too many people get into camps with this technology discussion. There's the camp that always has to have everything all the time and the camp that refuses to invest and force their team to go through complicated learning curves and requires a little more discernment than that. And so that's why it's good to chat about these things. Well, here at our final week, we're going to talk about the communication tidal wave that is enveloping us all, that as soon as we got freed from our landlines and could talk on our cell phones anywhere, soon we were messaging photographs to each other, and then we've got profiles on multiple social networks, and we're texting, and it's just unlimited, isn't it? Yeah, I'll tell you, I was uh, one of the first few on the block to get a cell phone, amongst my friends anyway. And people were telling me, what are you doing with that thing? That's crazy. You don't need a cell phone. And now, do we know anybody who doesn't have a cell phone? Do we know anybody who's not talking on it right now? That's right. I remember walking with my kids through um, Old Town Pasadena and passing a group of kids showing each other photographs on their telephones. And I was chuckling and I said to my kids, that's just like in the commercials. And my kids gave me that glare like dad that's how everybody talks and then i knew communication was changing faster than i could even keep up with because it wasn't merely the technology of being able to send pictures it was actually that there's a generation who is communicating differently because these means are available yeah there are people out there listening right now who don't know a time when we weren't constantly communicating and always attached to the cell phone and always attached to the email. Maybe we remember when things weren't this way, but it's definitely happened and we have no choice but to go through with it. People now expect us to be available 24-7 and there are some consequences, both good and bad, to be able to do this. Let's talk about a few of those today. One of them is there's not everybody, like my daughter, who can multitask multiple lines of communication at once. I don't know whether I'm impressed or overwhelmed that while working on her laptop. She can be doing schoolwork, instant messaging with somebody who noticed that she was online and popped on as well, and watching the world unfold in her network on Facebook and enjoy the updates. I must admit, probably watching an episode of some television show at the same time being in the background. Is there any limit to the number of things that this new breed of communicators can do? Maybe there will be four more protocols before the end of the year that they all be attached to as well. That's right. Well, we want to celebrate that on the one hand, because this is great that the world is uh, more in touch. You know, there was concern at one time that all these technologies were going to separate us and compartmentalize things, and we were going to be virtually related, but not really related. But actually, communication has exploded. It's gone the other way, hasn't it? But this is Working Matters. And we're trying to get things done, and we're trying to help our clients get things done, come alive at work and be productive in what they're about. And being accessible all the time in communication is not always a good thing, is it? Well, you know, Carl, I'm one of those people who is very good at communicating through all the different channels that are available to us today, and I love them. But it's not exactly the best thing for me to put all of my attention to when I'm trying to get something done. Yeah, that's... 
a great issue because it's just a reality we face. In most lines of work, there is an amount of being accessible and open to communication, and there's an amount of focus we need to get things done. But it's really just a, an accident of time that most of us are most familiar with the forms of interruption that take the form of a the telephone ringing or even you know a piece of paper showing up on the fax machine, and there you know the fax could sit there and be acted on later, and the telephone could take a message. But now when we're showing that we're online and accessible and we're sitting right there, it's a little more difficult to avoid the communication. So let's take it from one angle. Let's start with just trying to think about what you need to get done versus what you're going to lose being out of touch with people. If I were to turn my computer off, if I was to go offline and essentially be unavailable, most communication techniques, what kind of risk is really involved? That's a good question, Carl. And, you know, I'm one of those people who really needs to concentrate on the task at hand in order to really get things done. So how would you suggest that I go about lowering the volume on all of these things that are screaming for my attention? That's a great question. Basically comes down to deciding what works best for you in, in your working rhythm. So you've just articulated that a certain amount of concentration is required to get a project done. And let's say it is um, four hours of concentration, half a day. You just need to dive into this. It could be a whole day. It could be a week. But let's use that for our example. So what you want is you want to be out of touch and not interrupted for those four hours. So you do that for yourself. You cut off completely for yourself, the subjects yourself. Okay, now let's switch the subject to those around you who need to contact you, who have messages to give you, requests to make. Here, what we want is them to have the impression that you are available without necessarily making instant availability the only way it can happen. So, for example, if you were to disappear completely, just be offline, not answering your phone, that's a very uncomfortable place for your friends and clients and supervisors to be. It's a bit rude, isn't it? It is rude also, yes, good point. Because it shows disrespect for their time and what they're trying to do. But you can deal with that because in almost every communication technology that's out there, there is a way to inform people what's going on. And so, for example, a telephone, your answering machine may say, I am answering, please leave a message, your call is important to me, I am returning calls in the afternoon. You might have uh, something on your another means where the message says, I'll get back to you within 24 hours. As long as you give people some information so that they know that one, you got their message, and two, you're going to respond to it, and three, some idea of when you're going to get back to them, they'll be fine. They'll be absolutely fine. No one, ex- you know, except an emergency really expects everyone to be available all the time. So what you're saying is I should keep the automatic response email handy because I want people to get notified instantly that they may not hear from me for a few hours and that they should expect to hear from me as soon as I get freed up from what I'm doing. Exactly. And the more of those you can have, you could even come up with simple templates that you could you know, adjust in minor ways so that it was not a burdensome task to set up an autoresponder. Then they're informed and they know. And that's all they need. It's when communication Communication drops off the deep end and you're left wondering that you start calling back and calling back again and trying to get a hold of someone. 
There's a couple ways you could do that. You don't even need to do it on an instant-by-instant basis. Let's say you discover you have kind of a rhythm in your week, and Tuesdays is focus on my projects that cannot be interrupted day. Your regular network will come to know that Tuesdays you don't communicate. Your messages say that. You, you say, it's Tuesday, I'm unavailable today. You don't need to tell people what you're doing, and I will be getting back to you tomorrow. I return calls at this time. So you could even develop a whole rhythm in your week that works for you. You're keeping people informed. But notice how over this series, the subject has changed from technology. And what do you do there? The subject is doing what works for you. And that's really where we want to empower people is to do your thinking around what you are trying to accomplish and let that drive what tools will help you or distract you in getting there. And so that's our focus versus distraction spectrum. Some tools help certain people early on and others don't. Now the same with the risk and reliability tension that you set up for us. What works for you? What do you need in your field? That's what drives whether you're willing to risk adopting new technologies early on and dealing with the problems or whether you might want to wait until things are more reliable and established. And then finally, whether the change is going to just get you an arithmetic benefit and get things a little faster and a little slicker or whether you're really going to experience an exponential benefit and entire processes changing and being eliminated and being able to take a whole leap over something which would make the risk and the learning and the cost worth it. But the subject, what works for you? And that's where it's been fun chatting with you, George, and getting some insights into the tool side of it and making this stuff work for people. I think people will go away making their decisions a little sooner. It's going to affect my decision-making, these conversations we've been having, because too often I sort of get uh, drawn in by shiny objects out there in the technology world. And maybe it is you know, a great idea to step back and think of how this is going to serve you now that you know what you want to do. It's a great lesson for me. I'm going to take away a lot out of this. So we just turned that question around to you, our listeners, and asked, how well do you know what you want to do? And we hope you're out there doing it. Thank you for joining us on this series about technology change and decision making. Join us. We're going to start a new series next week. Please be on the web with me as we're writing and conversing at boldenterprises.com. Thank you, George, for your involvement and in making this a great conversation. It's been my pleasure, Carl. We'll see you all next week. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.